Boost. Atlantic Crusaders, America's the greatest country in the world. San Diego's America's finest city. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Todd, for listening. Todd in San Diego won the $50 gift card to um, the uh, Sammy's. Thank you. Sammy's Wood Fire Pizza. We're doing it every day. Every day we're giving you $50. Um, let's do this. So this is J Peter das Desik. He is. So the federal government, National Institute of Health, gave $3.7 million to uh, EcoHealth Alliance. EcoHealth Alliance then gave a bunch of money to different labs around the world, in particular, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. EcoHealth Alliance is out of New York City. So they gave money to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, $600,000 at least, to study coronavirus research in bats. Peter Desik is the guy who wrote the medical journal... Uh, article in the Lancet, I think it was February of 2020, right at the beginning of this whole thing that said, it's not a lab leak, impossible. Anyone who says otherwise is a racist and a xenophobe and a terrible, horrible, awful person. Well, he wrote that. Right? And a bunch of people on the board of EcoHealth Alliance wrote it. And people who receive money from EcoHealth Alliance wrote that as well. Right. So this is the guy who really, really, really doesn't want anyone to know his connection to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Anyway, I bring all this up because he wrote a tweet in December that said, important error in this article, no bats were sent to the Wuhan lab for genetic analysis of viruses collected in the field. That's not how science works. We collect bat samples, send them to the lab. We release the bats where we catch them. And now we have video of live bats at the Wuhan Institute virology this video was unearthed by this group called drastic it's the decentralized radical autonomous search team and you may think that that sounds really like weird and whatever. but this is a group of yes amateur but uh doctors researchers scientists who are afraid of doing anything with their name on it because their livelihoods will be destroyed in our cancel culture so they are uh but that yet they are a legitimate group who's doing more than our federal government's doing to unearth the origins of this virus. So they found this video from 1997, no, no, excuse me, 2017, excuse me, 2017. It was released by the Chinese Academy of Sciences to brag about the opening of this new lab, biosafety level four, BSL four, it's the highest safety level. Here are some bats in the lab. But they're the experts, so. All right, let's debunk something else here. Because it's, I know it's, it's late, but the truth has to be proclaimed. One year ago, pretty much a year ago, well, a year ago Saturday, there was a study that said wearing masks, by the way, what's tomorrow? Is tomorrow the last day or is today the last day? Like, do you have to wear a mask? Today's the last day, so tomorrow it's game on. It's been game on for weeks, but now it's officially game on. No masks. So a, one year ago Saturday, there was a study that said masks prevented 77,000 infections in Italy and 66,000 infections in New York City over a one-month period. This was very early on. Well, not that early on, I guess. Middle of June. And CNN, of course, was quick to publish uh, this. Best way to reduce coronavirus transmission is by wearing a face mask, study finds. First of all, that's not the best way. The best way to reduce transmission is to never go anywhere ever and never, like, right? So a mask just on the face, on its face, it can't be the best way 
could be a way, could be a way, but it's not the best way, but that's what the headline said because that's what the study said. Well, finally, people feel brave enough to criticize this study. So here's how they came up with these results. I'll keep it quick. Uh, they took a chart of number of infections over a few month period. And the number of infections was kind of staying pretty steady, you know, going up. And then it kind of shot up and then it leveled out a bit. What they did is they took a moment on that high peak period right before it started to level and they just drew a dotted line. They drew a dotted line in a one linear trajectory, and they kept going for one month and then they calculated the difference between the actual number of cases as if that's even an accurate number at all, which it never was and never could be. You can't measure everyone who has the virus, but they just took whatever the number of cases were versus what that imaginary trajectory would have been. And they said, oh yeah, look at that. 77,000 cases prevented because of masks. That was it. That's the stupidest study I've ever heard in my life. That's not accurate at all. And finally, some brave scientists are coming out and saying, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. For countless reasons. We'll start with America's a huge place. Italy's a big place. You can't make conclusions. Well, let's, this is a big picture because they did just look at New York City, but they looked at America too. You can't make conclusions about policies in America because America is very, very big. Texas and Florida and New York and California on totally different parts of the country and have totally different policies. And you can't then look at America, right? Like, what is that? What could that even mean? Even if America was just California and Texas and you said, oh, well, look what America did. How would you even define that? And then just because you have a policy doesn't mean it's implemented. Let's say you do have a mask mandate but people don't wear them or wear them properly. Or let's say you don't have a mask mandate, but people still do wear masks. So you can't even make conclusions based off of what a policy says without judging whether or not people are actually abiding by the policy. But the main problem here is this researcher, which I'll get to in a second, he's from San Diego, included no other variables, <laughs> did not Suggest, did not talk about distancing or staying at home or nothing else. Just masks. It's the one variable that saved 77,000 lives or at least 77,000 infections. Nothing else made a difference. Masks work. Are you kidding me? Now, I could get wonkier than that and I could read all the medical journal rebuttals if you want. I won't. But they're brutal. Scientists, 40 scientists have signed a letter calling for a retraction of the study. That's how bad it is. That's how bad this study is. You got scientists saying this thing is so bad. This isn't just a disagreement of a minor thing. This thing's got to go. Now, here's the kicker. It was written by a Nobel Prize winning chemist at UCSD. He won the Nobel Prize in 1995, which, I mean, come on. What have you done for me lately? Am I right? But he won the Nobel. No, how, how long can you ride that coattail? You with me? He won the Nobel Prize for his research on CFCs, chlorofluorocarbons, and how they're destroying the ozone layer, which ozone layer, which one day will also turn out to be false, but that's for a different day. The claims presented in this study are dangerously misleading and lack any basis of evidence. <laughs> 
There were just so many errors and issues with this paper that it almost seemed hard to know where to start, said an epidemiologist at Johns Hopkins. Now, here's the trick. Here's how it got published. It was published in the National Academy of Sciences. Now, that's a peer-reviewed journal. In the normal peer review process, the journal editors pick independent experts to vet the article before publication. But if you're an Academy member, then you can submit two papers a year where you select the reviewers yourself. <laughs> I don't know who this guy picked, but he picked probably his cousin and his wife or his, right? That's just, that's bunk. That's just, that's not real science. Now, what's annoying and frustrating about it all is that we will never be able to analyze what did or did not work when it came to COVID. So in the end of this thing, you know, you want to know what we've learned about pandemic. Uh, there's a word pandemic. Um, uh, what's the word? Like, it starts with a P I'm thinking of pandemic. Ah, whatever. Making it like next time there's a pandemic, you know, what we've learned nothing. We've learned nothing. You look at New York and California, you look at Texas and Florida, completely different approaches, same, essentially same case and death numbers. New York was the worst state with death per capita behind New Jersey. California was 30th, but Florida and Texas were 26th and 24th, like right in the middle of the pack. And we, like, so it's like, we're never gonna know what worked or what didn't work. It's impossible to come to any grand conclusions about what interventions worked and what didn't. Because COVID hit different places at different times. It had different variables with climate and population density and the health of the people in, in different areas of the country, right? Heart conditions, obesity, all these different variables that cannot be properly weighed out and calculated. And then, so then Fox wrote this whole article about that point, about how you can't really tell what really worked and what didn't. And then they end it with, the one COVID intervention that definitely worked were mask mandates. <laughs> You're like, oh, well, did it? Because I got another study here that's such bunk. You got a bunch of scientists who are saying it's got to be retracted. Eight five eight five two two five seven seven five eight five eight five two two five seven seven five. That's not exciting. I got a uh, another example here of bad science uh, what was the story we shared on the tv this morning uh it was the brown university was one side oh gosh darn it what was the other one there was another study that was oh yeah it was the flip side okay yeah uh yeah okay there was a study that said so there, this is all in the category of, of woke science so this study said that or the the media's conclusion from the study was that black babies have a higher survival rate when delivered by black doctors and a lower survival rate when delivered by white doctors now that is an absurd premise absurd conclusion uh, but it's the same worldview that says black kids perform better in school when they have a black teacher which is equally stupid because do white kids perform better with white teachers could you imagine if I went to my kid's school and I said, oh, excuse me, um, my child's teacher is black. 
science, the science says that my student, my, my child will perform better if he has a white teacher. So can we please have a white teacher next to, could you imagine? But for some reason, everyone else gets away with, oh, they need a Hispanic teacher, they need a black teacher, they need a gay teacher, they need, it's like, no, 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 that's not, but it's that same worldview that says that, which now applies to this. So all these doctors and researchers feel like they can't speak out against it because if they do, they're going to be a horrible racist, but they're not even speaking out against the conclusion. They're speaking out against the methodology of the study. <laughs> the study is total garbage the way they came to their conclusions, but they can't say anything. Uh, the flip side was Brown University, the classic example, 2018 researcher, Brown University, Ivy League school, uh, talked about this term rapid onset gender dysmorphia, which is where kids, I'm a boy, I'm a boy, I'm a boy, and then boom, all of a sudden I'm a girl, or vice versa. It's like, whoa, where did that come from? And her argument was it comes from, it's like a coping mechanism for other issues in life. So that was released by Brown University, big press release, whole thing. A week later, boom, gone, never happened. Because the lobby, the gay lobby came out, trans lobby, came out and said it's transphobic and all these horrible things, and Brown University got rid of it. So don't think for one second that, that uh, medicine and science is immune from woke politics. If not, it's, it's, already, it's already deeply infested with it. This is an academic journal. The viewpoint essay has been withdrawn at the request of the academic journal editor. Following a number of complaints, uh, the journal editor has subsequently received serious and credible threats of personal violence. These threats are linked to the publication of this essay. As the publisher, we take this seriously. And this is why we are withdrawing this essay. Okay. So what could this medical, or this, this wasn't medical, this was um, just academic. What could possibly be the problem with this academic piece that people would get death threats and they'd get rid of it? It was analyzing the potential slash possible benefits of colonialism. Well, you can't have that, right? Colonialism is one of the greatest sins and evils that the white man and white race has ever perpetrated on people of color in the world. Now, of course, African tribes and Aztec tribes and Mongol tribes and Chinese tribes have all colonized and conquered as well. We're not gonna talk about that. It's all about the white man, it's a white man's sin. So this guy wrote about, well, here's some good things that have come from colonization. Now, I'd actually be very interested in this argument so that we can talk about colonization over history in different places of different peoples by different peoples and we can get a more full story. We can weigh the pros and cons. And listen, I don't know if it's a good argument or not, but I'm making this up. Maybe they say, oh, here's the bad things that came from British colonization of India, but the British also built these railways that have benefited the Indian people today in these ways, or they built a health infrastructure system that, I don't know. And now you may come back and be like, oh, it's not worth it. You still colonized and enslaved and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's talk it out here. Let's weigh the pros and cons. Let's figure out what's uh, like the trade-offs here, I should say. And you can come to whatever conclusion you want, but let's do it with the full presentation of the facts and perspectives. Instead, this guy gets death threats and speech is silenced and we're all worse off because of it. That just happened. They withdrew the essay because the guy had too many death threats. <laughs> wow, this is bad. This is a very bad state of affairs. I had another 
why am I drawing a blank on these medical? There's one other study that was rescinded as well. I forget, but I keep thinking of Milton Friedman. I can't find this clip, but Milton Friedman talked about how he's super grateful for, um, uh, what's Keynes' first name? Keynesian economics, Alfred? No, of course not. John Maynard. John Maynard Keynes, who was like on the opposite when it came to economic thinking. And Milton Friedman just talked about how grateful he was. I think he even said something like, I wouldn't be who I am today, or, or I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have any of my arguments for capitalism if it wasn't for John Maynard Keynes and his thoughts on the opposite of capitalism, right? It's good to be grateful to these people because it can make you stronger. But the left is not interested in that at all. They want to shut you down. Now that's an academic. That's in the academic circle. Let's bring it down to sixth grade. Oh, she got that clip I just sent you. This is a sixth grade teacher in Missouri, handing out unicorn cupcakes for some reason. I don't know what started this little tussle here, but this teacher uh, seems totally emotionally stable. But just because I support another thing doesn't mean I don't support straight people too. Just because I'm Mexican doesn't mean I don't also support black people, or Irish people, or ignorant people. Never said it was like that. Okay. Just said you get it, no word. Would you like a special unicorn cupcake for being straight jerk? Yes! Alright, come here, get a straight jerk cupcake. For being a pill. I'm just trying to be annoying. You are annoying! You were very successful, congratulations! Thanks. What a dip. Alright. What? A dip! Oh. Like a dipstick, a butthead, a weasel, a weasel, pain in my butt. <laughs> this summer is, um, is the last one, and I'm not gonna see you, so I want to give you something. Thank you. You're welcome. Everybody's welcome to a unicorn cupcake. I don't know. I just want to make sure there's enough for the people that wanted them. Who? What in the world? Hey, Cider Crusaders. Um, listen, I don't know. Um, I don't know when. I don't know how it's going to go down. But there's still three and a half years left of this presidency. Uh, he's 78. He's not doing well. Mentally, I know you're not allowed to talk like this. I don't mean it rudely. Um, but there's more and more moments like this and the, the more moments that he has on a world stage where he's less confined and handled, the more of these they're going to be. This is not old uncle Joe saying goofy things or weird things or weird stories or even inappropriate things. That's ha ha yuck, yuck. There's old Joe. This is Joe not cognitively all there again i don't i don't know how to say this without like i'm not trying to be mean do you know what i'm saying it's not it's like oh this guy's lost his mind he's, he's i'm just like oh like hey everyone like this is not gonna go there's no way he's gonna make it the next three and a half years and i don't know what that transition of power is gonna look like because we've never had that have we ever had that where a president cannot fulfill the duties of the office mentally 
I mean, we talked we talked before about Woodrow Wilson a hundred years ago, but they were able to hide him. Not Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, yeah, Woodrow Wilson. They were able to hide him for the last year or so of his office because a hundred years ago, uh, after he had a stroke. Uh, you can't hide today if you're president, even with the media we have today, especially when the media, people in the media, really, really want Kamala Harris to be president. So this is how this is going to go down. I don't know exactly what it'll look like, but this is the timeline of it. It's going to be only people like me <laughs> with not a lot to lose, I guess, uh, who are going to say this stuff. Fringe crazies are being mean to Joe Biden or something. And then it'll start being left-wing crazies. And they'll say, oh, they're just saying that because they think Joe Biden is too conservative and they're trying to take him off. And then there's gonna, it's gonna go just like, it's gonna go just like the Wuhan lab leak. There's gonna be some article in like Vogue or something where Democrats in the know are kind of floating stuff out there. They're kind of like unnamed Democratic sources in the White House are saying Joe is having trouble keeping his thoughts together and having trouble holding meetings and he's not really running the show and these other people are and it's not good for democracy and the American people. And it's gonna be in some random paper. It'll be in like, uh, like the New York New York Magazine or something like that, just like the lab leak was. The first major lab leak story, I think, was in New York Magazine, and then the most recent one was in Vogue. <laughs> it's like, what? So that's where it's going to be, and then a couple more people are going to get on the board and be like, okay, and then some more mainstream people, and then right, it's going to be like, oh, maybe Joe's not doing well, and they're going to fight it, they're going to fight it, they're going to fight it, and then one day, boom, Kamala's president. The media will turn on him, Obama, Valerie Jarrett, like you name it, you name all the Hillary, you name all the Democrats in power who are really running the show, Rahm Emanuel, right? They're all going to turn on him like he never even existed. And Kamala will be president, and the media is going to spin this as if the American people really elected Kamala. Mark my words. Usher, I don't know if you want to save that segment I just did. You want to save these last five minutes, put it aside under the Slater prediction category. We don't have a folder for that, but you can make one. Uh, and that's how it's going to go down. And the media, again, they're going to frame it as, oh, Joe was just a placeholder. He was just the top of the ticket because whatever. He had the money or he had the establishment behind him. But it was really all about Kamala Harris. And the American people really voted for Kamala, not Joe. And now, finally, they have their wish. Joe who? That's how it's going to go. They're going to throw Joe Biden out the back door like he never even existed. And keep in mind, this, this is all a build-up to a video I'm going to play here. This is all because a certain percentage of moderates and conservatives and Republicans thought that Donald Trump on Twitter was mean. We had peace deals. We had an economy humming. We had, like, history hopefully is appropriately written about COVID, and Trump made some wonderful decisions about COVID and handled it handled it very well. Obviously, some major um, difficulty, right? Lots of different, like, I love the people who criticize Trump for, oh, he didn't do this. Like anyone else would have done any really better and different things, right? But the media just eviscerated him nonstop. And we could talk about, oh, but he was so inappropriate pumping hydroxychloroquine and someone died from it. No, someone died by 
drinking fish tank cleaner. And it turns out if you take a, chlor a hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin, then you have a 200% uh, better survival rate than if you're ventilated than if you don't. So it turns out Trump was right about all these different things with COVID. So it all boiled down to Trump was mean on Twitter, and I don't like it. I want someone to be presidential. So they elected this guy? Here he is at NATO. What do you say to Vladimir Putin? <laughs> to answer the first question, <laughs> I'm laughing too. They actually, I... Well, look, I mean, he has made clear that uh, uh, the answer is, I believe he is in the past essentially acknowledged that he was uh, there are certain things that he would do or did do. But look, um, when I was asked that question on air, I answered it honestly. But it's not much of a I, I, I don't think it matters a whole lot in terms of this next meeting we're about to have. The second question was. Really. I'd verify first and then trust. Listen, there's so many clips from the G7 this last week. And like, what was that where he's just struggling to put thoughts together and and it's again well we need someone more presidential and you like joe biden and world leaders are going to turn on him i guarantee it world leaders they'll they'll, they'll, they'll uh, no comment we will let the american people and then as soon as kamala's president uh they will obviously just jump right on it and be like oh we welcome her blah, 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 blah. and then kamala's the president and it was all because he was mean on Twitter. It was amazing. 858-522-5775-858-522-5775. I got a minute here. Let me share this story here. So this just, this story just got too juicy to not tell. I, I did not tell it until this latest development, which has uh, made it worthy of our time. So AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She tweeted a couple weeks ago. She said, just over a week ago, my abuela fell ill. My grandma, my abuela. I went to Puerto Rico to see her. My first time in over a year because of COVID. This is her home. Hurricane Maria help hasn't arrived. Trump blocked relief money for Puerto Rico. And there's a picture of inside her home and it's... Uh, dilapidated roofing tiles falling down buckets leaking water like no furniture just a terrible condition and that's what uh casio corteo see she says it's awful because trump trump blocked money for puerto rico so matt walsh decided to start a gofundme to help abuela Please, everyone, donate and help Abuela. AOC is unable to help herself, so we must step up and help Abuela ourselves. So people donated $104,000 to help Abuela as a just beautiful troll <laughs> to AOC. So GoFundMe stopped the account, or someone said no. Like maybe I don't know if Abuela said no or AOC, whatever. GoFundMe stopped. They refunded everyone their money, but it got 
this tweet and AOC's claim a lot more attention. So someone at the Daily Mail went to Abuela's house and they found AOC's aunt who said, yes, we have no comment about the family. But the aunt did go on to say, in this area, people need a lot of help. Many people have needed it for the past four years and haven't had anything. It's a problem here in Puerto Rico with the administration and the distribution of help. It's not a problem with Washington. We had the assistance and it didn't get to the people. Rutro. That's not what AOC said. AOC said Trump blocked relief money for Puerto Rico. And here's AOC's aunt saying, no, no, this is a Puerto Rico problem, not a Washington problem. Now, this is a beautifully done troll from Matt Walsh because it got attention to AOC's lies. Called him out. Called him out, gave it attention. More people started asking questions. And if you had to get enough critical mass with some questions, you're bound to get someone who's going to go get the answers. And the truth here is that AOC used her abuela as a prop to try and dunk on Republicans. And it did not work. Now, we don't need to spend time on this, but the truth with Puerto Rico is Puerto Rico is a very different culture than other places in the continental United States. It's an island culture, man. Relax. What's the rush? Roofs. Who needs them? Put a tarp on it. You're fine. You could dump a billion dollars in Abuela's block and it wouldn't fix anything. Puerto Rico's got their own cultural issues. They got their own corruption problems. It's got nothing to do with Donald Trump. 858-522-5775. Oh, by the way, Putin uh, and Biden are meeting on Wednesday. It's going to be an absolute disaster. We'll have to tell the story tomorrow or Wednesday when Putin met Angela Merkel. And Angela Merkel's terrified of dogs. And Putin, well, I shouldn't say Putin, sorry. Randomly, in the middle of one of their meetings, I, I got to look up the story again. I think it was either two pit bulls or a Great Dane. I forget if it was one or two dogs or or if it was like a Greyhound or a Great Dane or a pit bull or some massive, terrifyingly scary dog just rushed <laughs> into the room with Angela Merkel there. And Putin's like, oh, what's, oh, what, what, what's happening? Oh, Angela. Oh, goodness. Let's get these dogs out of here. Come on, everybody. Who, who's responsible for these pit bulls that just busted through the, get them out of here. Angela, I'm so sorry. You're scared of dogs? I had no idea. This is terrible. Everyone, come on here. Clear it out. Clear out the dog. What is Biden going to do the old man? Didn't he say something like Biden? Excuse me, Putin already had some sort of, some line, and it was like, um, like, I hope he remembers me, or something like that. It was some sort of dig at Biden's brain, and it's uh, it's going to be bad. They're meeting on Wednesday. 858-522, bad for us. 858-522-5775. But at least it'll be presidential, because Trump was so mean. This is amazing. I'm just reading this right now. This is a North Korean defector. She's 27 years old now. She uh, defected to South Korea, then she transferred to Columbia University in 2016. She's since graduated. And uh, she says, I thought America was different, but I saw so many similarities to what I saw in North Korea. I started worrying. 
Oh, this is amazing. She saw red flags immediately upon arriving. She was scolded by a university staff member, member for admitting that she enjoyed classic literature such as Jane Austen. I said, I love those books. I thought it was a good thing. Then, she's, then the other person said, did you know those writers had a colonial mindset? They were racist and bigots and are subconsciously brainwashing you. And then she said the anti-American propaganda that she saw in the Ivy League Columbia classroom was worse than what she saw in North Korea against, the, against Americans. She said even in North Korea, it's not this nuts. North Korea was pretty crazy, but not this crazy. What? Oh, this is too pseudo positive things i've said about north korea in in the last two shows on friday uh kim jong-un it was announced said he said um uh k-pop like bts is like a cancer on a society and results in effeminate men and uh, some line like uh it results in uh men becoming like a wall of wet cardboard or something like that. and i was like kim jong-un spot on bro very with you and now we got this Lady being like, North Korea's America's worse than North Korea when it comes to political correctness and group identity. And then the worst thing for her was everyone there complaining about oppression. She's like, oppression? Are you kidding me? She said, I was 13 years old and I saw people drop dead of starvation right in front of my eyes. You ever seen anyone starve to death? You ever seen anyone starve to death? We don't have a category for that in our brain. We have a category for I'm a little hungry. We don't, have, or maybe maybe we have a category for I'm not going to eat any dinner tonight. There's no category for dying of starvation. She saw people drop dead all over, and she listens to these people at Columbia University talk about how oppressed they are. Amazing. We're going to share more of that story tomorrow with this woman. Let me put it up on the website, along with a, a couple of other things, including this great clip from uh, John MacArthur. I'll put it up there as well. North. Korea. Uh, MikeSlater.locals.com is the website. MikeSlater.locals.com.